Hey, Eva. Hello, hello. How you doing? We're, we're here again. We're, we're here again. Don't <laughs> sound too excited. <laughs> no, no, I'm excited. Like I, I'm like, these are my, I love having, you know, morning conversations with you now. <laughs> I know. I'm definitely getting into this um, pattern of knowing I'm going to connect with you. So all week I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I have to bring this up. Um, but one of the things this week that I was thinking about is about our Facebook page. So we announced it on the last episode. Yep. Um, and so we created it and it's people are following us. And what's really exciting is like, you have your people following us. I have my people following. And it just feels like one big happy family. And here's what's interesting. My people are white. <laughs> no, I was going to just say, we're reintegrating. We're reintegrating the yes. world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are changing the world, at least our networks. <laughs> we're crashing the algorithm. Oh my God, Facebook is coming for us. Um, but what's so cool about it is that we had said, if anyone has any questions, and we had one listener um, had a question about, and I'm a, a little afraid of the answer. And you kind of touched upon this in the, at the end of the last episode, I think. But they were saying, um, they were curious what you get out of this friendship. Like, why, why do you care about um, being more, having a more authentic friendship with me? And so I, I hesitated even bringing it up to you because I was like, I don't want to know the answer. But I put it to you. What do you get out of this? Well, in honest, to be honest, right, I'll say that, you know, this work, anti-racism work, anti-bias work, like has always been a part of what I do. And so part of me really recognizes that to, to help you get it, right, is really just creating more opportunity for other people to like then learn from you. And then we can kind of keep this going and spread this, go, spread this out. Right. The, the other piece of it is that I genuinely like you. I think you're like adorable and fun and we connect and like you're the right kind of dork, right? Even though like you're a different flavor dork and we'll, we'll get into that later. I dork in different ways, right? And I think there's some cultural relevance there. Um, but like I feel like you and I have chemistry, but the ceiling for us as friends was really low. Because we were work friends right, right. and because of this race stuff that right. I think that we never really navigated right. honestly and openly. And I think it needs to be part of the conversation. And I feel like who doesn't want to have more friends or better quality friendships. Right. And so for me, like if I can have a better quality friendship with you, I mean, that enhances my life, you know, yeah. tremendously yeah right and you know the older you get like the more you recognize that having friends that are not going to ask you for money or like you know try to steal your husband well i don't know about that but i don't think you'll I, ask me for money but you might try to come from my i was gonna say grant's pretty cute <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like i think there's those pieces are just like well i know you're not the kind of unwell that makes me physically unsafe so like for that reason alone i feel like why not <laughs> yeah. So, listener, thank you for that question. 
And uh, yeah, we hope that you're all, you all continue using the Facebook page to ask any questions since we realize that on the listening platforms, they don't have an opportunity to do that. But yeah. um, And definitely share out like with, if it's our friends listening, you know, share it with your friends if you think they might have an interest in, in, in these conversations. I hope, I think they're kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you who are joining us for the first time, I'm Eva Vega Olds. I'm Jason Soroyce, or Siawa, if you want to be fancy about it. And we are two folks in pursuit of cross-racial friendship. That's right. And for today, we wanted to talk about socializing in mixed racial spaces, or really spaces in which are kind of sort of segregated, and we are trying to mix them up with our very being in the space. What do you think, Jason? I think that you and I haven't socialized a lot. Nope. And that's what's interesting about this conversation. I can think of like three times we have socialized. Four, if I consider the dinner you and Grant and me and Bill went on. Oh, right. Where we sat outside and had dinner. That was like the first time we socialized. Yep. Oh, maybe we, I wasn't planning on bringing that one up, but let's talk about that because I was stressed. It was. I was so stressed. <laughs> totally. Tell the people. Well, We've I don't never know talked it. about this. We've never talked You've about it. We've never talked about it. <laughs> um, I was stressed because Bill and I are two white people. Very much so, yes. Very much so. <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't know if we're cool enough to be hanging out, not only with Eva, Eva, we might not be cool enough, but then add Grant, who if he's with Eva, must be cool. That was my stress level. And, um, and I, also, I also felt like just meeting new people and just that pressure of I wanted Bill to like you and you know I wanted you to like Bill, not only, but I also cared that you liked me. So it was, this in on paper sounded like a great idea. And I think I had diarrhea after. <laughs> I actually, I can't even believe that I forgot that that happened, but you're right, it happened and it was weird. Um, and cause you and I are familiar with each other, right? In the workspace yeah. and we have fun in the workspace, but my husband who's African-American, right? And he is, from the South and he has a uh, quiet, but he's very talkative. Um, and his interests are, you know, kind of his own and unique and so on. And so the, the exploration of whether we had anything in common, it was quickly, like we quickly came to the realization that no, we had nothing in common. Nothing in common. And I, felt, and I remember, um, you weren't married at the time, right? Like, yeah, you were with yeah, Bill, but were you? You were not married yet. Yeah. But you, you know, you were booed out, right? And so, yeah, like, yeah. like full, you know. And, but I remember Bill, Bill looking so stressed out. <laughs> like, I didn't think he wanted to be there. And um, anyway, and what I also remember is you trying, and me yeah. really appreciating that. And also knowing 
this is, we have nothing to talk about. We have nothing to really, that's huge. I can't even believe I came to this conversation not ready to talk about it because I wanted to avoid the reality of that truth. Yeah. That we didn't really have much to talk about. Yeah. Well, there's, the, there's this other layer of um, stress, racial stress that comes in to the space um, for my husband particularly, right? Who's a black man in the society, right? And so being in these integrated white spaces, predominantly white spaces, I mean, it's not like he's, you know, like he spends all of his life only with black people to the contrary, right? Um, there's, a, there's a certain level of, um, I don't wanna say fear, but concern um, that he brings into these spaces of whether he's gonna be safe, whether I'm gonna be safe, Right. Whether someone is going to say something rude or uh, put us in a position that will like, you know, question us in some way. And I feel like more and more I'm, you know, in my relationship with him starting to realize or see it on his face more. And I think in at the time, um, I, you know, I don't know if I would have named it that, but right now, like in uh, these days, you know, with the unrest, I'm starting to recognize what my husband's facial, what my husband is saying with his face when we enter into these spaces. Uh-huh. You know, he doesn't go willingly. Uh-huh. Um, he he goes with some level of concern. Um, so he definitely in the, that space would probably not prefer to be in them. And. What's interesting to hearing you say that is that from my perspective as a white man who really like my intention is to get along with everyone. I mean, I, I think I'm an affable guy and hearing that Grant is thinking about safety with me is like, what are you talking about? And that is new information for me. It's not so new in these lives. I'm learning that. Mm-hmm. Back then, if you had said that to me, I would have been like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what does he have to fear with me? And I think that's a disconnect. Right, no, it's just- Me, me showing up in a space oblivious to the, that, that um, safe assess, safety assessment that Grant might be doing or you might be doing in a space with me and my husband. Oh, you have to see the mathematical calculations the algebraic formulations that are happening in his head when we enter any space. Um, and he definitely carries that with him. Um, but, you know, there's also a little bit of, you know, he would much rather not get to know new people. <laughs> it's just, there's also a little bit of that, like, yeah. like, do we have to, like, you know what I mean? And so he's yeah. not, he's definitely, um, he's, he definitely doesn't go into these spaces the way I do. Like, for example, I'm the type of person who will go skydiving, right? And I have gone skydiving. I will also go out to dinner with white people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's that, those, those things are the same for him, right? <laughs> like in terms of That's kind of, I really got to sit with that. So what was the conversation? Do you remember the conversation to get him to come to dinner or like similar dinners like that? No, I actually don't because we actually don't really have, we don't really spend a lot of social time with white colleagues mm-hmm. at all. 
Yeah. Um, and because, well, to be honest, like in the stage of where we are in our lives, um, we use our downtime to be healing space and time. And so I think we need it more these days than ever. And so um, if it came down to having, you know, this, it goes to authenticity, right? And it goes to kind of like management of the situation in terms of the threat. And then another element of it is like a feeling of whether how somebody's going to measure you up against some stereotype. Right. right. And there's like, not that it take that we have to like work that hard to combat the stereotype. Yeah. But like you just, you just think it's in the back of your head. Yeah. Right. Have you heard that freight that um, term stereotype threat? Oh yeah. You want to like disprove like the threat and that energy that's, you know, like yep. that activity. Um, I think there's a little bit of that. Not that like we are quote unquote fearful of being evaluated in a, in a stereotype by stereotype of between you and Bill. Right. Yeah. But like it, it's just generally, you know, yeah. it's part of the math. And that's the reason why it's just like such, it just becomes a bigger investment of time when you're thinking about all these elements and whether you right. want to invest that time. Right. Well, it, it is, I want to say to anyone listening who hasn't heard of stereotype threat, there is a great book called Whistling Vivaldi about stereotype threat. Um, I encourage you to read it. And, um, but you know, I just realized I kind of, in my description of what I was stressed about or having that dinner, there is a stereotype in there that because you and Grant are, you're a Puerto Rican woman, he's a black man, you're just cooler than us. So that would be like a typical positive stereotype, but we know that that also, like there are no positive stereotypes. And I just caught right. my, as you were saying that, like, oh wait, but I just totally stereotype, like we wouldn't be cool enough because just by being a Puerto Rican woman, like how, right? you know. No, that's true, but there are actually other real facts that do make me cooler than you that is true no kidding <laughs> that is true I'm totally kidding you held my hand told me you understand make me believe i can make it okay so why don't we talk about the time that grant actually did say no to an invitation oh my god yes that was so set the scene <laughs> oh i'm setting the scene um so uh for those who don't know i am also i have a past life as an actor and a musician i'm a piano player to do a lot of musical theater so now that i'm out of that and doing more of the diversity equity and inclusion work i still keep my foot in it by sometimes playing for people's cabarets and so i have a friend who uh, we just have a good time putting shows together and so she she put together this show i don't know like like 10 to 12 songs and we do it at one of the most famous cabaret spaces in New York City, Don't Tell Mamas. And so I invited Emma, I invited you to right. um, this cabaret and anyone you wanted to invite. <laughs> but let me, let me really set the stage. Inside, I was stressed about you actually coming. Why? Because I'm like, cause it's, it feels like a very white space. Feels? <laughs> it <totally> was. 
Okay, you don't have to wait, be mean. Wait, but do you remember me asking you, well, what is cabaret? Right? Um, like, I thought that was a play, right? And like, I was is. like, no, but what is, is it? Is. Right. right? So what is it? So at first I'm thinking it's, it's drag. And you're like, no, no, no. We're going to sing songs. Like, this song, insert song that I've never heard of. And I'm like, oh. Or like this other song. And then like, you know, it gets really fun and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know that song. And I was <laughs> like, you you got all this like Broadway-ish things, right? Yes, we do uh, some pop, but yeah, very. Right, but you did hip hop in the Broadway-ish way. No, 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 that's, yeah, not yeah. pop. We did pop. Oh, pop, yeah. In a very Broadway well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was indistinguishable from like what it was because I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I went. <laughs> but, but it's interesting because it was my attempt to bring you into my mm -hmm. beyond work because I think you're fun and cool and I was trying to, but I was stressed that the way you just described it, like I heard, um, to use your word, the dorkiness level raise and the coolness level. You're like, oh, it's drag. Which you would have been all about. Yes, that, I, I love I love drag shows. Yes, right. And then I'm like, no, we're just gonna sing songs that are mostly by white people. Actually, all of them are. And then you're like, oh, but you did come. Yeah, I did. Come. So I'll talk about my experience with you there, and then I'm curious what your experience was. Okay. was you were there and I was so it really kind of moved me and so what happened was I overcompensated for what I assumed was an uncomfortableness by you by calling you out during the show <laughs> and by the third time I did that you looked at me like would you shut up like you had a look on your face like why are you calling me out because I was saying things like right Eva <laughs> of like 80 people and you were like what why are you calling me out? And inside, during the show, I'm like, Jason, what are you doing? And, and I say all of this to just, like, it's so good to get this out because I was so in my head about, like, trying to make you comfortable, and I was just making it worse. Yeah. I, assume, I mean, I'll hear what your, your experience was. But I assumed in the moment, as I was trying to be a performer, I was also trying to navigate our friendship. Yeah. Not well. <laughs> and we've never talked about this because I'm a little ashamed about it. Well, for me, it was, you know, it wasn't, um, so I don't have a deep love of Broadway or like piano bars or like standing around a piano and singing or even like singing together as a group anywhere, right? Unless it's at a Beyonce concert and it's my song, right? So like, other than that, like that's really not my space. And I, I was trying to support you because you were so excited about it. And so I was trying to be a good person and do it because, but I'm also like somebody, you know, to be a person of color in a white space, you're perpetually out of your comfort zone. And so, um, well, not perpetually, but like, you know, often it's, you're out of your comfort zone. And I, you know, I don't, 
I'm not trying to be in my comfort zone all the time, right? And so, you know, I'm willing to try it and give it a shot. And so that's the reason why I did it. And, you know, I knew, I knew you were so excited about it. You were talking about it at work all the time. And so I felt like, you know, I would give it a shot. I, I had a feeling that it would feel super foreign to me. And I was right. Um, and, um, you know, like my only other real experience at spaces like that in New York City, and I've lived in proximity to New York City my entire life, right? And um, was the only, my only other experience like being in spaces like that is being in the village and working at the Blue Note in, you know, on West Third and um, as a cocktail server, right? And so, or as a waitress. And you so, worked at the Blue Note? Yeah, for gra okay. in grad school, yeah. That's amazing part of how I got through grad school and yeah so like I was listening to jazz live jazz all day and um and but that's a different vibe than the clang 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 with the trolley ding, hey, ding, ding, did, with the bell we you know, did like, not sing that song you no know, but that's what it felt like <laughs> well you didn't get it then I'm kidding <laughs> I I'm teasing that is <laughs> the feel of it but uh, no for real though that's accurate I didn't get it right yeah <laughs> But um, your friend who knew how to sing, and she was she was working it. Um, but you know, none of the really wasn't my jam. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that says something too. I think just about friendships, um, and that is being willing to put yourself out there and trying new things for yeah. friends. Um, and so I guess I, 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 I. I could feel it in the moment and I avoided talking to you about it because I was, um, I felt bad, I guess. And, um, but I really appreciated you being there at the same time. So I guess this is my chance to say thank you so much for coming. <laughs> I want to say you're welcome, but I, I actually, it didn't really resonate with me as like, um, you know, like you, I, I don't, I didn't even really remember you saying, saying my name. I remember a couple of times you saying my name and 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 me thinking, I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you weren't mad at me. You were just like, what am I supposed to do something? Yeah, like I uh yeah. Okay. So then then I felt like on alert, like I better stay attend like stay paying attention if he's gonna talk to me. <laughs> and just to be clear, I literally don't do that in any other show I've ever done. Oh really? That's not a that is not it's not that's, so, this, so that's how your racial stress shows up? That's how my, oh, that's not true. Oh, wait, so we just, she and I did another show this year. Uh -huh. It's really fun. And so I had some friends come and I have one, uh, I, ha I mean, I had a very diverse group of friends come from my grad program. But one of the guys who is, um, who is, uh, I, oh gosh, I'm gonna, I, I think he's Pakistani. And if Faison, I'm so sorry if that is not, I feel horrible. But um, I called him out in oh. one of the songs. So it is the way I my racial stress shows up is I call out my friends who are not comfortable in the space. Well, let's, let's talk about that because there's yeah. a lot of white people who go and get over friendly and they start touching you in ways that they don't need to touch you 
they're like all of a sudden like like rubbing on your shoulder demonstrating that they're willing to touch you and that kind of stuff i see it happen to my husband all the time especially white women who are nervous about him and all of a sudden they're like touching him and you're just like dude like why are you touching him right but you could tell it's their racial stress and them trying to overcompensate for being actually fearful or nervous or uncertain true talk about that white people's racial stress manifests, like how you see that manifesting, because this is new to me, this idea. Well, I think it's more like um, just a hyper expression of being down or being like, like demonstrating that they can connect and that they're not like those other kind of white peoples who don't get it. So then you'll see white people certain white people who are like when they have racial stress first of all talking to me like they are from the projects yeah girl you know what's up and you're just like you don't even talk like that like you know what i mean and maybe i talk like that from time to time but that's not you know what i mean like all of a sudden you're talking to me like i'm cardi b and um and i see it to my husband right a black man and all of a sudden like what's up my brother and first of all my husband is many things, but like appropriate and professional is who he is all the time. Kind and sweet and, you know, like probably more buttoned up than the average person. Yeah. And so he doesn't even talk in that way. So like, it's, it feels completely contrived right. and it feels like rooted in wanting to demonstrate something, right? And for white women, I see that they touch black men a lot right and all of a sudden you recognize that like the, if given the if if in the reverse that could never happen so it's like almost a demonstration of their privilege right. and in in the in the face of racial stress that's just the way i see it that is you know i mean that makes perfect sense to me that i i would do that in like just the dinner we talked about. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I demonstrated any of those behaviors, but I had an intense need to be um, perceived as cool and fun so that you would want to be our friend. And I think my mind automatically goes to every stereotype of not you and Grant, but you're like a Black the black community and the Puerto Rican community. And I think like, what will they find cool instead of just being authentically me? Right. And letting you decide whether you think we're cool or not. Well, part of me feels like I that the gesture of talking a different way is rooted in a belief that that's the way to talk to me so that we, I am comfortable. Yes. And that you yes. are yeah. knowledgeable in some way because, yes. you know, you want to show me that you could be like me 
Not because being like me is anything amazing, right? Because white supremacy is still supreme, right? right? But to show me that you are not, not you, Jason, that that one is not um, so disconnected um, from the, from, from awareness of what's cool in the world. Like too many people, like, talk to me and like i don't know like it's kind of like this j-lo thing and you feel it you know what i mean like like you feel it all the time and white people do that all the time to me right well you know what's so funny i'm totally i'll put this on myself and say that among my white friends when we want to be fun and appear cooler than we are we will talk in a way that you are describing yeah say more well it happened last night on my birthday virtual birthday um happy birthday thank you um and i was i invited so everyone was white and i invited someone who does dei work so it made me hypersensitive of how all my other friends interact and one of my friends did what i typically do like i partake in all the time and start, I don't even want to do it. I don't want to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. Talking in a way that's like stereotypically black. Mm. And it's funny. Last night, not funny to me at all. For the first time. I'm very ashamed to be admitting this right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I don't think it was just because my friend was there. I think it's because of all of this reflect, like our conversations and stuff are making me really reflect deeper. And I think all of a sudden, what was so normal before, I was, I just saw completely different. Right. But think about this, right? The pervasiveness of these racial tropes, Mm -hmm. right? These like images, these archetypes, and they are mainstream, right? They're so mainstream that even black and brown comedians, you know, make a lot of money even, um, you know, kind of rooting their stand-up comedy or their root in that, right? Yeah. And, and the way you experience that, right? right? Like Dave Chappelle, right? He roots it in his communication to the African-American community. And that's yeah. him kind of being like joking in a loving way, but yeah. then white people receive it in a completely different way. Right. And remember, like there was that whole moment where he was just like he realized that he was saying jokes and he was watching white people laugh and he got really uncomfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like that to me is just an example of how the humor and even like example, like another example that I think is really pervasive and is something that we need to continue to talk about is how like black queer men yeah. and vernacular and slang that emerges from the black uh queer community how it's co-opted and used in a way that is like supposed to be fun and lighthearted right um but let's talk about how unsafe queer black men are in our society right right and rates of homelessness and employment you know and like and violence that are um perpetuated right and it's just like or perpetrated towards them and so like these are the things where like we love black people's culture but do we love black people right and so so the point is it's just like you know there's nothing to, there's nothing wrong with being light-hearted 
but being lighthearted at the expense because who's paying the toll, right? Who's paying that bill, right? It's it's black people and people. Yeah. yeah. So that's the when when because that imbalance exists. Yeah. You can't. It's hard to to legitimate using humor. Yeah. In that way, when societally speaking, you white man, it is it, that's a punch down. Okay, Jason, so it feels like we covered a lot of ground. So before we wrap up, can I, can I ask something of you? Oh, no, sure. <laughs> so like what we just talked about was how in these moments, racial stress shows up for you, right? right. And how like, you know, the role of humor, and it's like in these racially stressed moments where our racial bias or really any bias leaks out, right? You're under stress. Yeah. And I feel like if you and I are really going to become close or really be re really authentic with each other and really great friends, yeah. it's going to be important for you to think about how racial stress shows up in you Yeah. and, and what you are going to do in order to develop that muscle to manage it because i i haven't had the opportunity to like really experience that stress because i'm so used to it right like as people of yeah. color you just develop that muscle and you figure it out um but like i feel like you, this feels like a new very thing new you. yeah so yeah. i just want to invite you to either think about it or you know yeah challenge yourself yeah, I can do that. Um, I gosh, this just even hearing you say that, I have so many feelings. Like I'm having like physical reactions in my body, um, which is totally fine. But just just acknowledging. Well, what, what's happening for you? Can you just tell me? Oh, just like um, butterflies and um, just like wanting to get out of my seat because yeah. I can't like stay still in this. I kind of want to get rid of this energy. Um, but no, I'll t I, I will definitely do that. And I appreciate you naming that for me because that is literally a new concept, racial stress for me, like mm -hmm. definitely new. So, um, yeah. So, All right, so next time let's talk about that and see like what, you know, might. Well, I might need a little more time. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> to think about it. But, um, but at some point, we should come back to this idea of racial stress. Because what I want to talk about in the next episode is to continue this, um, like, racial, like, showing up in um, social situations. And because there were a couple more experiences. Oh, my God, yes. Let's talk about those. So let's talk about that in the, in the next episode. So thank you to all of you who listened today. Um, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, in, in pursuit of cross-racial friendship, look, look us up, follow us, add any questions, comments, anything you want us to discuss, and um, join us next time as we uh, talk about some of our other experiences in social situations. Woohoo! See you next time. <laughs>